Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Hello, everyone out there. Welcome to episode number nine of the Philip and Kevin Project. It's been a little over a couple weeks uh, since we got back. No coronavirus here. I'm good to go. How about you? Feeling great. Good deal. Good deal. Well, uh, we were a little concerned about that a couple weeks ago. I couldn't even hardly talk. Alive, healthy, everything's going well. What's what's going on in your world, Philip? What what have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Well, it's been a slow couple of weeks since we saw last, but I I did take a trip up to Kansas City the day of the parade of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, and I got to witness the aftermath of uh, what do you think the numbers was at that at that parade that day. Down around Crown Center, down to Sprint Center. I never did hear. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, it looked I, pretty similar to the Royals I one, a few years ago. I didn't think it was as big as the Royals, but the weather was a lot worse, yep. too. But I got to see the aftermath of it. Took the kids up to uh, – uh, now, I don't know anything about Post Malone, so I'm not sure if I'm proud that I took them to a Post Malone concert. <laughs> but uh, the the uh, couple of my kids went with their friends, and I we just hung around in Kansas City and waited on them to get through. But – I'm telling you, the aftermath of that parade looked like a tornado had went down. <laughs> what Bur- street is Bourbon that? Bourbon Street yeah, at 3 a.m.? Oh, my goodness. From Sprint Center to Crown Center, whatever the name of that street yep. is. It I think was, it's grand. Both sides of the street were completely lined with trash. There had to have been 150 to 200 um, porta-potties down by, the, down by Crown Center. But um, just an unbelievable cleanup the next day. Uh, would have had to have taken effect. It, it just uh, the mess you wouldn't have believed. I don't think they said they might have set out enough porta potties, but they certainly did not set out enough trash cans. So I, I know that was a concern. I remember reading somewhere on Twitter, maybe they were talking about somebody bringing in the most porta potties that they've ever had delivered for an event in Kansas City, and it still wasn't wasn't a lot. So there was an unbelievable amount, uh, maybe a block long's worth, but that was down by Crown Center. I didn't see anything around the Sprint Center area. And then after the Post Malone concert that night, I drove home. We didn't get home till like two in the morning. The concert took all night, I guess, with Mahomes and Kelsey showing up at it. It yep. kind of livened the place up a little bit. But uh, on the way home that night, I passed a probably a. 40-foot-long trailer that was completely loaded with porta potty. So I said, well, at least the porta potty guys had a pretty good payday. They did. And then I've had a, a new addition added to the Yeah, I saw that. We last talked. It's a half Dotson, half, half uh, Basset Hound. Uh, anybody out there that can think of it, it's spotted black and white, most, white, all white with black spots, cute little puppy at this point, about eight or nine weeks old. But we haven't named it yet. So we've, we've came up with a lot of different – thoughts male or female it's a male and we said uh, let's just see what sticks so far i've just been calling it puppy but that doesn't that doesn't (laughs) last long so favorite dog names if anybody's got any out there and think of a short-legged long-eared basset hound i think he'll be quite a bit smaller than a basset but so as long as i've known you guys you guys have had dachshunds or mixes so what is it about the wiener dog that and well, in your family, did Lisa or did you have them as a came, kid? Or? No, I actually had my favorite dog ever was a Basset Hound. Okay. And I had two Basset Hounds, uh, both named Flash. Flash <laughs> 1 and Flash 2. And uh, Flash was a wonderful dog. And I had him up to the day we moved to Kansas. He never came to Kansas with me. 
had him from uh, well before me and Lisa were married and up through uh, when we moved here. When we first moved here, we lived in a place that didn't allow animals, and I said, well, I'm going to give him to my brother Stephen until he, uh, until I can go get him. Well, Stephen fell in love with the old Flash, too, <laughs> yeah. and so Flash never made it to Kansas, and so we decided with driving back and forth and not knowing a lot of people when we finally, not a lot of people that wants to come over and dog set, we just want to get a small dog, and Lisa's mom and dad, believe it or not, had Dotsons ever since yeah. I met them. Named Boomer and Sooner. <laughs> Imagine that. Now, how many dogs do you think in Oklahoma is named Boomer yeah. and Sooner? But anyway, so uh, we liked their little dogs, and uh, we got our our uh, our first dog when we probably he's he's ten years old now, Charlie, yep. and he's always been a good little dog. Now the bad thing about a Dotson is very hard to potty train. Don't have carpet in your house if you're going to have a Dotson. And here we have another Dotson, <laughs> and I'm already seeing it. Even at nine weeks old, they're tough to potty train. Do they, uh, do, does Charlie jump in the pool ever? Never. We That's, can put him in there. He wants out quick. Yep. Yeah. Well, I didn't think they a, were water dogs. Not swimmers. Yep. Yep. You know? Your dog is, uh, oh, she's chocolate lab. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, in the summertime, uh, she's not the best trained anyway. So, no way if I just let her go that she's not in that pool in four seconds. So, uh, in the well, summertime, we tie her up. Quite a, oh, yeah. She, yeah. Oh, yeah. She swims. Um, she's, uh, she, she has no problem with that. So she does freak out a little bit because of the tile on our pool instead of concrete. It's a little slicker. Yeah. So every once in a while she'll, when she gets a, the sh- more shallow in, she'll, her paw will slip a little bit on that floor and she'll start to panic a little bit and you'll see her kind of flail out. But, uh, no, she's a water dog. Well, I, I enjoy those size, those kind of dogs and that size of dogs. When I lived in Oklahoma and we had lots of room to run, I loved having a bigger dogs I, we also had had uh, a lab and um, growing up but I particularly liked bassets because we used to, we my grandma owned quite a bit of land and we'd go out and play around on the land and he'd chase rabbits and chase squirrels yep. and we just always and I love to listen to him bay this little dog of ours already bays <laughs> eight weeks old and he already burr. He's, so he's he's got enough basset in him that he'll make noise yep what have you been going on the last two weeks <laughs> Well, um, that's a very good question. Uh, quite a bit, actually. It seems like I haven't been home at all. So since we got back from New Orleans, uh, you know, Morgan's basketball season's over. So now we're just down to, to club volleyball. I think we've got one more tournament uh, here in a few weeks. So that's kind of winding down. You know, it was, it was kind of interesting. Uh, I had a situation where uh, a previous coach in, at the middle school level came up to us. So bas- like I said, basketball season's over. So this coach came up to us and said, man, Morgan did really good for the, during the basketball season. Uh, she improved quite a bit, and, and you guys handled it very well as well. And, and so we asked her, what do you mean by that comment? What, what did we handle well? <laughs> and, uh, you know, Morgan, for the most part, has been very competitive when it comes to athletics. Uh, the, the team she plays on has typically been traveling teams. So, you know, pretty good for the most part. Definitely in the Salina area, a very good team. And so she's used to playing at that very, at what I would say is a high level um, from a, a youth athletic period. Well, in basketball this year, she started on the B team. She subbed on the A team. Beginning of the season, she didn't really play much. Ended up to the point where she did start, I think she started one game on the A team. So she did have a lot of improvement. But I think that that coach was concerned that we were upset because she played B team. Yeah. 
And and to be honest with you, I thought that her coaches handled the situation very well. I, I I thought Morgan played exactly where she should have played based on the the teammates and the talent there. I was afraid she was just going to sit on the bench on A team and kind of be that tweener person. But but they let her play B team. She got a lot of confidence. You could see it when she played in the A team games then. So I thought they handled it very well. What's sad is is these coaches that have been doing it a long time are so used to parents bitching yep. about this and that that she felt like she needed to come up to us and tell us we handled the situation well. When I was like, well, I, I thought the season was great. In other words, great. she's had a lot of butt chewing yeah, in her Yeah, I life. guess so. So that was kind of an interesting situation. We, we, were at, uh, we were at a volleyball tournament this past weekend, and, and I took second place in that tournament. And the, the team we played was, was a team that's, that's from around here. And it was probably the worst sportsmanship of a team I've ever seen at this age. It was pretty brutal. Oh, Phillip's phone's going off there. <laughs> so it's another one of those. Uh, I have a four hundred five number. Yep. I probably get six calls a day from four hundred five numbers, and yep. not one. Everybody's selling me insurance. Yep. Sell, it's drive you yep. absolute crazy. <laughs> and remember the law. Yeah. I don't change your subject. You get right back to it. Remember the law that said you can't. You you don't have to take those kind of calls anymore. Yeah. What happened to that? I, I don't know. Because I answer get them all day, every day, and I'll say, please quit calling and just hang yeah, out. Yeah, they had that no call list, and I don't know yeah, what I don't happened know. to. It. Yeah, it's it, around here. A lot of them are from Norton, Kansas. So I know when when it's when it's from Norton, Kansas. I don't know anybody from Norton, Kansas. So I usually don't take that call. Yeah. <laughs> so we we'll go right ahead though. Well, I was, you know, it was it was we were playing against this team, and and. I'm not kidding. You were standing there getting ready to play the championship match. One of the moms walks by us and is like, "Oh, I hope you guys can give us some competition today." Like we're like, "Oh wow, okay." So we <laughs> we start playing and we ended up beating them the first set. Uh, they didn't handle that well. They were throwing the ball under the net. We had a girl that was faking an injury. Uh, at one point, one of the girls got called for being in the net, and she looked up. So at HOA volleyball, the kids and coaches ref. So in this scenario, a team that lost in the semifinals has to referee the final game. So one of the coaches is the up ref, and then they have girls on the lines and keeping score and everything. Well, she got called for being in the net, and she, man, she turned around and looked at that referee and just stared her down. This is a 12- or 13-year-old yeah. girl. Yeah. And I heard, I'm guessing it was her dad in the stands yell, keep your mouth shut, or something like that. So at least he, he got on her for that. Um, at, at the end, we had a girl we picked up that was a 12-year-old girl that doesn't normally play for us, and, and they had a girl spike one and went off her face, and they were laughing and cheering, and I was like, man, I, I said, you know what? I told the girls after the game, I said, I'm, if you guys ever act like that, then I'm going to come after you. Do you care to like, mention what city it was? Well, it, it's kind of it's a club team, so it's all over. I think there were some girls from Abilene. I think there were some girls from around the Salina area. I knew a couple of them from playing on some different softball teams and stuff. So I think it was it was since their club, you know, they can only have a certain amount for from each school or from each team. So it's kind of a mix. Um, but I think they were kind of half from around here and half from Abilene. So there's been that. Um, you know, the I gotta I gotta take a test for softball, so we'll see how that goes. We, every year we got to do a, a coach, no, a just a coach test. test. Oh, but yeah, right. it they do a lot of stuff with concussions now, things like that. Okay. Being able to detect concussions, uh, just general stuff. Don't yell at the referees, and I, I should be all right. <laughs> we'll see. But you know, the well, other thing, I don't know. There's a lot. You can hear a lot of yelling at the referees and the coaches. I was at the. Uh, South Central basketball game. Oh yeah, it was week. Friday. And yeah, there was some that's, uh, pretty pretty fun games both both ways. There's some 
I'm a Central follower since the kids go to school at yep. Central. I don't have a kid that plays, but uh, one does dance on the dance team. The neat thing that they did, and I go for the dance. I don't really go for the game. So I'm probably one of the few <laughs> dads that is in the stands waiting for. But at the South Central game, they have the Peppers dance at halftime. Uh, oh, from first, South. Yep. Yeah, from South at the halftime of the girls game. And then the vets and then the the, yep. two, the girls sit down and watched each other, which I thought was a pretty neat deal. Yep. And they know each other from other right. dance things. And then they did it again at uh, halftime of the boys games. Turned out pretty good. Two pretty good bas- basketball games. And I think both schools pretty good. I The Salina Central girls – are going to be really good yes. in a couple of years. Yep. If you've if you've been down to watch them, the little Kirsch girl is unbelievable. Hampton Williams, I can't start calling off their names one after another because I don't know them all. But they lost their, one of their better players, the Cobb girl, right, uh, with a torn up leg or something. And so they've got a lot of youth. They play a freshman quite a bit, uh, about three sophomores a lot, and they're pretty darn competitive yeah. for freshmen and sophomores. Uh, they still have a couple of seniors that that um, play, but but the underclassmen get a lot of yeah. play time, and I think they're going to be good. Yeah, I think they're third, fourth in the state right now, yeah. something like that. And yeah, no, uh, Aubrey, uh, I've known her for for some time. Um, she's Which got one? It. The Kears. Kears. Yep. Do you yep. ever watch her dribble a basketball? Oh yeah, she yep. dribble a basketball. She, uh, about like so the, she's got a younger uh, stepsister that uh, is. It was good friends with Morgan, so um, I've known them for quite a while. They used to live just around the corner from us before we moved to to this house. So yeah, she's been going playing Kansas City quite a bit. Well, she must have been and, having a basketball in her hand since she's a little bit girl. So yep, she's, she up, she's a very good player. So. Yeah, the other thing I was going to mention too before we get into our story of the week is, uh, you know, I've been I've been reading a book that's very interesting. So I'm a reader. Um, I I usually just read a little bit at night before I go to bed, and I'm a really big fan of the Bill O'Reilly books, and not uh, not because I'm a Republican or conservative or anything like that. Because there's some interesting books. Um, I, I would tell you that if you have not read them, Killing Lincoln is a fantastic book if you don't know a lot about the 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 presidency of Abraham Lincoln obviously it goes into the assassination and and manhunt after and all that kind of stuff very interesting stuff uh killing JFK was very interesting um that was a little bit before my time but he wrote that as well yep but but talking about Secret Service funneling women in and out of the pool in the White House. I mean, just stuff that today a president would never, ever be able to get away with. What? Remember Bill Clinton? He didn't get away with it. He got caught. <laughs> oh, yeah, he got caught. <laughs> just well, like, he finally got yeah. caught. <laughs> so, um, and and what he did, they they tried to impeach him. Right. One time, well, excuse me, he only got caught one time. time, But no, I'm talking about, they're talking about Secret Service guys, like, bringing all kinds of women in and out of the White House all the time. Like, it just, and so that was a really good one. A lot of interesting stuff there. Obviously, that gets into that assassination as well. Uh, The Reagan one was very interesting just from the aspect of how much control Nancy Reagan actually had in that White House. And some of the health issues and stuff that Ronald Reagan had that they tried to keep under wraps while he was president. Um, the one I'm reading right now is, is is about Trump. And probably half of our audience just groaned right there when I said that word. But uh, it's not—it it talks a little bit about his his upbringing, which is kind of interesting. I don't—I didn't really find that that crazy. Um, I mean, it's kind of what you would expect, but— 
what's really interesting is that he gets into the psychology of when Trump was running for president. Some of the things that came out, how the Trump campaign handled those things, and basically why he be, why he beat Hillary Clinton. I mean, yeah. it it goes into a lot of the psychology behind running the campaigns and some of the stuff they did. did he talk, Very interesting. Talked quite a bit about the the blonde haired lady that ran his campaign. What's her name? Oh, Kelly. Uh, oh, I can see her. I can't think of her name. Kelly something. Uh, um, she was sharp. So, sharp. Yeah, yeah. She might have won the campaign they, for him. They didn't. They didn't get into specific names a lot, but. You know, when he got caught with having the hot mic with the guy from Entertainment oh, Weekly yeah. or whatever, yeah. um, basically the Republic National Committee wanted Trump to drop out of the president race. They they wanted him gone. He had already won the nomination, right. and they wanted him to drop out. And he ba- Trump basically said, no, I'm going to go on the offensive, and basically started blasting all this stuff to Hillary. But it gets into how Hillary didn't want to be on social media. She didn't do interviews. Everything was very scripted. Um, and, and Trump was always on TV. He, he, his idea is any press is good press. I don't even care if it's bad. Like, it just goes into a lot of that psychology. It's very, very interesting listening to that. Uh, so I, I would definitely recommend uh, any of those books, but that's what I'm reading right now. I will probably have it completed here in the next week or so, but it's been very interesting over the second half of that book, learning about some of that stuff. So, Well, Philip, story of the week. Let's move on to that. What you, what you got for us this week? Well, it's something that we might could talk about for a few minutes. Um, it's uh, it's involving Jerry Moran, our state senator, and uh, and a board that he's or, or or chair that he's chairman of the Senate. Well, the the name of the chair is the uh, Senate Commerce Subcommittee on Manufacturing, Trade, and Consumer Protection with Jurisdiction over Amateur Athletics. So I you know where I'm going with. I this. wonder if there is a uh, uh, abbreviation for that. That's there's <laughs> got to be some, but you know where we're going with this, and it's this this pay for play. Yeah, um, legislation that was passed out in California, which I think that it's it takes effect next year. In my thinking, and there's going to be people that's going to say kids should not get paid to play. Kids should not. Uh, the The one story I read was what other what other business could you be in that you can't use your own likeness? As a matter yep. of fact, you might could even sue somebody if they won't let you make money off your own likeness. And the NCAA's got away with this or has done this as a rule because they're amateur athletes for years and years. Now the money side of it has grown exponentially. Oh, so, absolutely. So it's unbelievable. I, I still have this funny feeling that in, in Jerry Moran's opening statement, you can go, you can find it, uh, you can just Google Jerry Moran's opening statement. In it, he talks about, you know, there's there's kids not just at KU, but you're talking about kids at Fort Hayes and Pitt State and Kansas, well, Kansas Wesleyan, but yep. just down the, down the division, there's 500,000 kids. 2% of that 500,000 kids, less than 2% ever play professional right. sports. Which ones do you think that are going to be getting paid? That's I mean, in my oh. mind, the two, the 2% that are famous and known yep. on TV, oh, absolutely. You're, you're Baker Mayfields. Yep. You're, those guys are going to be out making money off their likeness. 75 other kids on the team aren't still aren't going to make right. a penny. Yeah. So, so I don't know how you ever make this thing where it's truly completely fair. I mean, there's guys that an offensive lineman for K State say, you may get him to come down to your car dealership one afternoon and say, hey, come down and sign autographs. Big red motors. Tickets. Yeah, anything along that line, you may get into that and uh, 
But those kids aren't going to be invited out every day. I, I listen. They're not going to want those. Kids. I listen to a lot of sports podcasts, and and specifically Big Twelve, and and obviously this comes up quite a bit in those over the past couple of years. I'm on the fence because I agree with you. I mean, ultimately that that university is giving that kid an opportunity to showcase his skills and be able to go on to the professional ranks. I agree with you. The people that have the problem that, that are the loudest and have the problem with it are typically the people that are, are that are probably going to go pro. Uh, they're probably part of that 2%. So they're going to get paid. The the question is what do you do with the rest of them? As as somebody who is not a college athlete, right? And all the talk we have today about student debt when when students come out of school, man, you think about just the school aspect of it. Uh, you know, I've heard numbers all over the place. Obviously, it depends on the school you go to. Um, but you're talking about you know a hundred to three or four hundred thousand dollars in tuition and room and board that those guys get, and they don't know a dime when they leave. I understand they put a lot of work into it. They leave school with a degree assuming you stay and you graduate, yep. not owing a dime for that. Now, they're, they probably do take loans out for expenses. Absolutely. And think about this, Philip. When when they're at the school, and, and now I'm talking about your Division One because I know this probably doesn't happen in the Wesleyan, Washburn, you know, that, that sort of uh, Fort Hayes, you know, some of those local schools. But you're talking about tutors. So when I was in school, you wanted a tutor. You paid for that. Treatments. So... I'm taking this a little overboard, but these guys have opportunity to get massages and all kind of oh, right. stuff every day. I'd yeah. love to have a massage every day. I think day. they're just their buffets that they get on food. game day and practice. Oh, absolutely. Food is I've, an unbelievable. I've eaten at the cafeteria at K-State where they eat. They eat the food better. is great. Yeah. Better than I ever ate when I was in college. So you talk about tuition, uh, tutors, food, all that stuff that they get for those full-ride scholars. And I'm talking about the full-ride. I know that... Some of the other sports are, you know, there's different packages and stuff right. you can get. That's a pretty darn good deal. I, I would say that they're they're doing all right for their likeness. It's it's those guys that they always want something more, and eventually are probably going to get that in in a professional league, whether it's Europe or or here in the United States. So I'm okay with it the way it is. But again, I'm I until I'm in that position, well, I can't. I'm okay with it, but. Just like what California has done with a lot of other laws that they've created, it, it, it's uh, they've made it unfair for everyone else mm-hmm. because what they what they've done at this point and now I'm, I'm looking at now it's, uh, it comes into effect in 2023. Uh, it's called the Fair Pay to Play Act. It was signed into law last September, and it will pro- prohibit California universities and colleges from preventing their student athletes from gaining compensation for the use of their name, image, or likeness from third parties. Right. Third parties would be somebody like right. Express Employment. Hey, today I'm going to have Baker Mayfield down yep. signing autographs. Yep. Get everybody down here I can get. And I'm going to ask for a kid like him. But anyway, but it also says that this law will also allow the student athletes in California to hire agents and other representations, which right. completely, you start hiring agents, yep. you are no longer no. an amateur athlete. I agree 100%. Because now you're talking about and you can do this stuff, but when when you get agents involved, now you've got uh, insurance policies. You've got well, your there's agent money becomes the third party. He could be dumping millions of oh, dollars absolutely. into somebody's pocket. Absolutely, that's, that's not really what I think that they're thinking. I so for Jerry Moran as a loan. Hey, good luck to you, uh, <laughs> Jerry Moran. That's on this subcommittee, on this committee, chairing this committee because there's a lot of questions to be answered and a lot of uh, 
a lot of people saying, hey, either the NCAA is going to have to say the schools in California are no longer a part of the NCAA right. or yeah. they, they can play among themselves or the other four yeah. United States are going to have to change. It's got to be a, across the board. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no way that they can do that. I wouldn't care if the California state. schools weren't in any, anymore anyway. Well, how how many might, of them have been happen. competitive? <laughs> Well, I'm going to skip the story of the week. I've got one, but it's not a great one. Um, and just for the sake of time, I'm going to skip that and move on. There's something else I want to talk about. Uh, so over the last couple of weeks, uh, it started uh, the last weekend uh, when we when we did our last podcast. But have you uh, had a chance to watch any of the XFL here in the last couple of weeks? You know, yesterday I pulled it up just to see what the games were yesterday, and it was uh, the Dallas Renegades, which is who I would probably follow because Bob Stoops. Oh, Bobby and Landry, and Landry back Jones. together. And so it says in the in yesterday's game, prior to the game I read, and it said, what's going to kill the XFL is the quarterback play. Not good. Not one quarterback had thrown for 300 yards in the first the first week. Not one quarterback threw for 300 yards. A lot of not very good passing. Probably should probably is a defensive league, and, and yep. they're probably hoping for a more of a scoring league. The scoring you think would bring the fans more than a yep. big defense. And I think struggle. that's what they're going for. I mean, honestly, yep. I think with a lot of the rules that they've adapted, it's to help the offense. I think that the rule changes are harder to adapt to than anybody thought they would be. I mean, a 25-second play clock yep. while the clock's always running is fast. Yep. That's fast when you're used to 40 seconds in between plays. Now, yesterday, after having said that, Landry did become the first one to throw for 300 yep. yards. He threw for 305 yesterday. Didn't have a great quarterback rating. One touchdown, two interceptions. Played. He, he himself admitted he played horrible. Yep. But at the end of the day, he did. He's probably the best quarterback in the league, and probably the oldest quarterback in the league. Most likely would still be with the Steelers had they known that uh, Ben Roethlisberger was going to get hurt the way he got right. hurt. Because I bet Landry would have stepped in before Mason, Mason Rudolph. Yep. Um, but in the end, quarterback play will kill it. Yep. They're going to have to score points and look yep. more attractive than That's, what it's they got, look It's like. entertainment. I mean, Vince McMahon with the WWE is behind this. I mean, it's it's got to be entertainment. It, it can't be the same thing. So so for those of you out there that are not familiar, just to run through some of the, the rule changes real quick. So I mentioned the 25-second play clock. Um, they have a running clock for the entire game, except for the last two minutes of each half. After after you score a touchdown, instead of kicking an extra point, you can go for one, two, or three points, depending on where you want to start from the field. No coaches challenges. Every play is reviewed up in the booth, and yep. and uh, I was concerned about that. And we get to that. hear about it, right? And, I like and, that. And I was concerned about that, but they. I mean, usually it's one or two plays a game, so that's not a big deal. Um, the one of the cool things, and I only I've only seen it once so far, but they allow two forward passes on a play. If the first one is caught behind the line of scrimmage, so again, because I used to play a lot of flag football, where you could do two forward passes anywhere on the field. The idea there again is is you're changing the game, trying to score points. So one of the big differences is on kickoffs. So the kicker kicks from the 30 yard line. However, you know the NCAA and NFL have basically tried to get rid of the kickoff without actually doing that because they don't want somebody running 60 yards and getting a full head of steam 60 yards downfield and drilling somebody else running full speed the other way. Yep. So here what they do is is they kick from the 30, but then they, the other teams line up like on the 25 and 30 on the other end. So there's only five yards apart. 
and then the, they cannot move until the receiver catches the kickoff. Then they start going. So there's still an opportunity to do a kickoff, and you're not running 60 yards downfield to, to hit the person. What's, what's really interesting, and I saw this in one game, is if you don't kick it to, I think it's the 20, if you don't get the kickoff past the 20, the team gets the ball on the other 45-yard line. Not their own 45, <laughs> but the other one. So, and with those rules, you would think the scoring would have been more. I didn't look at all the scores yesterday, but the Dallas running game is supposed to be the best, supposed to be the best team in the league, right? Yep. They only scored 25 points. Right. They're one and one. Yeah, and they're one and one. I Another interesting thing that they do is they, uh, on the play calling. Now, I'm, I yep. never played a day of football in my life. My, like I said before, my little school didn't have football. It's a shame because I probably had been an All-American. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, the um, the play calling is, you know, they, they televise. The, yep. uh, right yeah, it's happening. really cool, yeah. And then, but that uh, Jim Zorn, who coaches for the Seattle team, the Seattle Dragons, he had said after the first week, he said, I had no idea they were doing that. Yep. I didn't. So he said, it's kind of funny. He yep. said, so I tried to disguise a little bit, which I don't think, if you're calling it live, right. they're not shooting it into the no. defensive players yeah. or anything like that. But still probably in his own mind, he thought, I've got to disguise it a little bit because if I say zip, zip left or zip, right. I don't know football talk, but that's. Well, so so a few of the things that I like, and, and this isn't rule changes, but to your point, so the, the communication between the coach calling the play and the person on the field with the mic with the with the headset and the helmet in the NFL at 15 seconds left on the play clock that communication cuts off you can no longer communicate yep. with the with that player in the XFL it goes even while the play is going so sometimes you're listening to him tell hey look over here look over there like but not only does the quarterback get it, it, it at the end of the game yesterday they the uh who the they're uh, playing the LA team that Renegades were and the guy was talking to all four wide receivers and the quarterback at the same time on okay. the last play of the game because it's fourth down, fourth down and ten to go. Yep. And he was saying, "Hey guys, everybody outright, everybody outright," mm-hmm. telling all the talking to the wide receiver. And he said, "Let's just get the first down." Of course, they didn't get it, but uh, I thought it was very interesting to hear him talking to all the offensive yep. players. I don't know if that means the linemen have things in their – Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at but, that. But it, he, they, the guy that was announcing the game said that all the wide receivers could hear him too. So, so yeah, have all the coaches mic'd up so you can hear them. Um, the referees, this was really cool to me. So the referees are mic'd up as well, and they can hear. So I was listening, watching one game, and there was a challenge, and I was listening to the, the challenge, the, the video ref and the referee on the field talking to each other. Oh, let me look at this angle. Well, here's what I'm seeing here. Let me look, go look at this angle and see if I see the same thing. Listening to that communication and those two talking is, is insight that I have not ever heard before. So that was kind of cool. Um, they have the cameras and mics in the in the halftime locker room. That was kind of neat to listen yep. to the coaches kind of talk about what they're going to change up. And the other thing that will be interesting as, as the league evolves is, is that they have the reporters on the field, and as soon as those players come off a field, somebody's got a mic in their face asking yep. them something, whether it's quarterback or maybe who caught the touchdown or made the interception, whatever. So that will be interesting to, to see. So what, what I thought was interesting, tying it back to another conversation we had, so – you know, there's some talk about a year ago about Kaepernick joining this league. Right, and I saw it again last week. So, was talking about it. the average player earns 55K in this league. Your top quarterbacks, your top players, earn about 500K. Yeah. So, Kaepernick asked for $20 million to play in this league. <laughs> and they said, uh, no. a joke from all the time. <laughs> so, Did you know I, I read a little bit on Landry Jones? It's very interesting. When, when he got cut by the Steelers, 
he still stayed in shape, hung around a little bit, actually talked to John Gruden out in Oakland and actually went down and played a couple games with Jacksonville Jaguars. But finally he was out of football. And uh, he, he kept himself in shape and kept saying, I hope somebody calls, I hope somebody calls. And then he finally, him and his wife, and he married an old Oklahoma basketball girl named Whitney Hand. But he said he finally went to her and says, um, you know, I'm going to have to find a job. I can't just sit here all day and waiting for the phone to ring. So he went down to, um, he, they live in Dallas, went down to a big construction place and went in and talked to the guy and said, hey, I'd like to start learning about the construction. I'm sure he's got a little money packed away, but he said, yep. I, I'd like to start learning about the construction business, maybe getting into this side of the business. And the guy said, well, hey, I can bring you in for an hour or two a day and just work with you on drawing up plans and details and how to bid things. But he goes, the only job I've got is actually doing demo work and driving a truck. And he said, I'll take it. <laughs> so he literally, for the last six months, was driving a going in and demoing people's house. And he said, I went into several houses that people recognized me and said, aren't you Landry Jones? <laughs> and he goes, yep. And he said, I'm just a demo guy now. Well, surely he could move up to Norman and do something. I mean, Jason White's selling. Well, I imagine his wife, air conditioning, uh, his air wife probably likes Dallas better than she likes Oklahoma <laughs> City. So, well, let's move on to uh, to a topic, Philip, that you wanted to talk a little bit about. I, I've got one I want to talk about, but I'll wait to see if we have some time at the end of this. But uh, uh, going back to a little bit of local news, sounds like there are some things that have, that have happened over the, the past couple of months that, that you wanted to touch on. So I'll let you kick that off. Well, a couple of things. First of all, and I, I do not go to the city council meetings in Salina. Uh, haven't been to one. Have you, have I've you been, been to, to one or two, yep. You know, maybe a few years back I might have went down for, uh, there was a hearing at one time, and I, this I, this wasn't city, this was with the county, whenever they were putting the sand plant in and building the road out south. Oh, yep. Uh, I went down for that to support the sand plant. But the city has uh, in big and in big discussions about houses being built, you know, over yep. in this, what's the name of the? Uh, Grand Prairie. Yeah, the yep, Grand over there Prairie by the golf area. courses, yep. And, uh, and there's come up quite a fuss about, a uh, a road coming in across the golf course. Yeah. Now, if you'll go to Google Maps and look at this, you can see the road that right. they're talking about. And I, I got on Google Maps. And, of course, I've played on the golf course enough. I know where that little road's at. Yep. And the, evidently that that was what was supposed to be the emergency for emergency vehicles if there was a fire or anything like that back in that, that yep. area, that they could get emergency vehicles back through there. Well, of course, this probably – and I, I don't golf at the Muni, so I don't hear the men at the Muni talking about this, but I can imagine their disdain when you start looking at maybe paving a road through there. Yeah. What would you think of I, a, a paved road? I, I would think that that's not, not uh, something that golfers would want to no. have. You, now, I, I, I'd be okay with it, and I think this is part of the plan. If it kind of oh, – I don't even know what the word I'm – if it winds – kind of in between some tea boxes and around yep. uh, obviously i wouldn't want it across a fairway or you know right behind a green or something like that um so i i think that's what they're trying to do maybe is figure out a way that they can because i think a lot of this road is off of the actual course kind of going through some tea boxes but there is a part of it that is on the golf course and and well the number three long one they're long that's a long mark right it would go in Probably it looks to me like it would have to go between the blues and the whites, tee yep. boxes yep. somewhere in that yep. range, which you could shorten it and make that. I mean, that, that hole's so long, who can get there yeah. anyway? So you probably, can shorten that. Probably don't want vehicles driving across that when somebody's teeing off. Right, but but is is it for me, 
if it's just for emergency use only, does it stay fenced off or stay gated? Yeah, I don't know the answer uh, to that. You know, as long as it's not a fully used road, yep. then yep. I don't imagine very much traffic's going to be on it anyway. Although, if I'm one of the people, so I had read that they had put a moratorium on building more houses right. until they get the solution. So going over 30 is not going to happen. Right. Although, if you drive out there and look now, there's more than, well, there's not 30 houses yet, I don't think. There's close, like 28 houses, but there's multiple more sold. Right. Lots. Lots already right. sold. So if uh, when we get to 30, then whoever bought that next lot, right. they're going to want an answer pretty quickly. Yeah. So so for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, it, it's a development that they started building. I think it started back in like 2010 or something like that, if I remember right. But uh, it was going to be single family lots. Um, there, there was an area that was was platted for single family lots, but they did say, you know, we'll we'll revisit that when the time comes. Um, so they're getting ready to open that phase three portion of this. Um, and he's trying to, the number of lots as it stands right now and as it was platted was 19. And he wants to change it to 30. So the lots are going to be smaller. There's going to be more traffic. It's like luxury villas and stuff. So it's not the single family home. So he's kind of changed it. And he's he's kind of said, well, you know, it it's always been up in the air. I've never, uh, you know, set on anything. You know, nothing was ever for sure. And then there was a whole issue with the city planner at the time, maybe leading the commission at the time to believe that this road was actually there when it wasn't. It's just kind of a path, so it's not officially a road that that large fire trucks and stuff like that can use. Um, there's there's some uh, drainage issues that they've got now if they add additional houses and stuff like that that they've got to deal with. You know, th- what's interesting about it is, and this kind of touches home a little bit for me, the developer mentioned, well, there's other developments in town that are larger than this that only have a single point of entry. Nobody seems to be concerned about those. And there were some names mentioned of those developments. And one of those developments is the house that we're sitting in right now. Yeah. And I, I can tell you that I've had a little bit of concern about this. It, it wasn't something that I wouldn't have bought this house over. Um, we, we absolutely love the house that we're in now, but there really is only one. I mean, technically there's two, but there's really only one. It all connects into one entrance into this neighborhood and they just opened up another phase with our neighborhood where they're building all kinds of, and that was planned the whole time. But, but I've often wondered about that, uh, about the access that they would have. And it's not a situation where if it's one emergency but if there's something that happened where there was multiple situations going on, how do they access that? And we would have a problem here in this development with that scenario. Well, the the development that's just on the other side of the bridge from you. Yep. Is, is, that's another one. There's only one in yep. and out of there. There's no way to get out any other way because you can't go across the river. Yep. And I think there's more than 30 back there. And that's. Yeah, I don't know the to answer be, to that. But see, yeah, but there's only, definitely only one entrance and exit there. Yeah. So. So there are, uh, there are. Right. Now, I, I would truly think in my mind that the more of the argument comes not so much as that. It's just the access road across the golf course because now you're you're upsetting a uh, some people who've been out there for a long time. And I, I can look on this on, on my Google Maps and, and try to draw through there, but there's no way yeah. around it. You're going to change the golf course. Right. Absolutely. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. Uh, so that's been going on with the city. And then – and then another thing that, uh, you know, I, I have no dog in the fight 
other than the fact that I'm a taxpayer in this community. But eventually the city and the county is going to have to come together and figure out this deal with the uh, county leasing the expo center from the city. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, the, the aggravating part to me is the city offers the county a 25-year lease with three more five-year options on the, uh, you know, on the expo grounds. Which, which totals 40 owns, years. Which totals 40 years. Yep. Um, the county wants a full 40-year lease. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm telling you, that sounds to me like n- these guys that are sitting on the commission now, and I know you're looking out for your kids and the future, but if you're going to tell me that Ag Hall and the 4-H building are going to be sustainable buildings 40 years from now, you have lost it. Well, I, today, I think Ag Hall. It's brutal. It's not good. No. I, it's been a couple years since I've been in there. A couple years ago when I went in there, they, were, they, had the monster, they had the monster truck show this weekend in the buy center or in Tony's event center. Yep. But um, when I went to it, it was over in Ag Hall. And I'm telling you, it was not, it was no. not a good situation. Yeah. yeah the, uh, I think part of the issue is they have to put money into these facilities. Mm-hmm. And so the county, if they're going to put the money into it that they need to put into make these facilities usable and be able to do stuff with them, that's why they want that long-term lease is because that's a lot of money that they're going to have to foot well, the bill and to pay put over it up, time. They want them to put it up quickly. They want them to put like $5 million right. into right. improvements over the next four or five years, right. I think, pretty quickly. Which it needs it. Which it certainly needs it, but I don't know how the county's going to – I mean, would you lease from someone and invest $5 million onto something that you could be kicked off of in 25 years? No. I mean, I, I see the county right. side of it. Right. So I'm not going to go lease land from somebody and put five million. I mean, just I can see both sides, but right. the truth of it is, and I didn't look up the. Aren't you and I as as taxpayers paying taxes on everything we do to the city and the county? Yes, every day, every day, every day we do something. We're paying. So you're arguing over our money. Now the public's getting involved in it, and and the public wants. Now the last time that I saw that they even had a meeting about this was back in December. And uh, and they tabled it and said we'll go ahead and have another discussion right. later. But this is not just from no. This, no, this, this has, has been, been going, going on, on for a long time. Yep. Now the now the county claims they'll just up and leave in the fall of twenty one. I believe just up and leave. But where are they going to go for right. five? That's the if problem. You're, if you plan on investing five million dollars, yep. I can tell you land and property. Now the uh, the expo center. Which you, nobody would know this, but it's called the Heartland Expo Center in Shawnee, Oklahoma. And the city and the county work together down there, and they have one of the most fabulous expo centers that you've ever believed. And and it is every weekend that I'm in Oklahoma, something's going on there. Something really big, huge horse shows, huge. Last weekend it was a swap meet, but there's ca- people and cars everywhere. They work together and made this thing into a spectacular. But I'll tell you what I did today. I called the heart of Oklahoma Expo Center and ask them what what's the secret to your how did all of this take place and she said believe it or not we've been fighting for 15 to 20 years now <laughs> so I don't think there's a, and, and 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 funny thing is she said that they just rolled over to what the, the the Tony's Event Center is now ran and managed by Global Spectrum right as of August of last year, they are ran. So Global Spectrum has gone around and okay. buying these, right. these managing them, yeah, the managing properties, these centers. Yeah. So, so I, you know, that's what's going to end up happening out there. I don't know the city. To me, city and the county, and anybody has an opinion on it, go ahead and post it on our Facebook or whatever. But, but I, 
I'm tired of them fighting over it, and I'd like to see something get done. Well, I, I pay attention to a lot of local politics. I, I don't go to the point where I'm going to a meeting unless it's something that Well, they're at 4 o'clock. Me. Aren't you working at 4 o'clock? Uh, if I needed to, I could make Man, it happen. Know, and that's but... that's been a big issue that, that some um, other people have brought up that uh, they'd like to have those meetings. I think Wichita does them in the evenings, actually, so, so more people could attend if they wanted to. I, I will tell you this. I've been following this for a long time. Um, I've... I've found it very comical, to be honest with you, why our city and county are like suing each other when we're all part of the same thing. Yeah. I know Sue there was an issue other. with the with the road that went out to the dump and and the city trash trucks tearing that road up and, and the county didn't want to pay for it. I mean, there's been multiple times. I, I will tell you this. I think that the commissions that we have now on both sides, both the city and the county, are probably the most willing to work together than we've had in a long time. This issue has not progressed for years until six months ago. Yeah, um, I think that that these guys understand that they need to work together, and that's a very good sign. Um, they've got a lot of the other situations resolved. Um, this is a, kind of that sticking one. To your point, the county doesn't really have—the the hard thing is, is when you're trying to negotiate this— You've got to have things to bargain with, and the county doesn't have anything. So they do the fair. They have the expo center where they do all the, you know, they have the the horse shows and the and ag hall and the buy center, Tony Pete's event center. That's a great location for all that. What are they going to do if they just walk away from it? Right. They got to build something. They don't have a leg to stand on. No, unless they own land, which I don't know if they do or don't own land. If they do, it's probably not in. A good territory, good area, and the draw will be. I mean, you, you've we've developed downtown to a point where that you could make your downtown now your draw of getting people here. People are not going to leave the heart of Oklahoma Expo Center. I guarantee you, they're fighting to get things at their event every day. You're going to go go start fighting because every community has this same fight. We want more. Yep. of your business to come to our town. Absolutely. And the reason that we put all of our money into downtown is we want to get people down right. there, and the Tony's Event Bit Center is a big part of it. Yep. At, at one point, the county was talking about putting something out south there at Schilling in mm-hmm. Ohio. I don't know if they own the land or we're going to have to buy that land, well, but that that's where they were talking expensive. about. Oh, yeah. If they don't already own that land, that is some of the most expensive land that's in yeah. this town. So, yeah. again, they don't really have anything to negotiate with. They can't just walk away. So No, and if you're going to compete with other communities, just like, and again, I'm going back to this place, the heart of Oklahoma uh, Expo Center in Shawnee, Oklahoma is where it's at. It's got a 7,500 outdoor new outdoor seating arena. They host the International Finals Youth Rodeo every year. Been hosting it for 30 years. Got an indoor seating place of about 1,000 that's fairly new. Those things are not cheap. Yep. So you're not going to build those things for $5 no. million. No. You're not even getting warmed close. up for $5 yeah. million. Maybe so, the parking lot. So the so having what they have existing now, right. the rodeo grounds, the uh, but Ag Hall and the 4-H building have got to be improved. I mean, that's where the $5 million is going to be. Yeah, those have got to be improved dramatically. Yep. But what do we do? I mean, what are we gonna? What do we do? Except for if they do have another public uh, hearing on it, go down and just say, "Hey, guys, get your, get it together and let's let's get this thing done." Bring a box of cookies with you. <laughs> Which leads talking me, about yeah, yeah leads me to my final 
final uh, topic of the podcast. It's my <laughs> one of my favorite times of year, Girl Scout cookie time. So, funny story. I love Thin Mints, and I'll get into that here in just a second. But it's funny, about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I'm in the freezer down here in our basement pulling out some stuff, and I'm trying to figure out what's in the back of this pull-out shelf that we have. And I look back there. There's three boxes of Thin Mints in there. So I asked my wife about that, and apparently that's been her secret stash for a couple of years that she's been hiding those Thin Mints from me. She goes back there so and eats them. I finally found them. So yeah, Great. But something I, I actually learned this last year and found this a little fascinating. I've talked to a few people about this, and apparently this is not very well known. But there's actually two different bakers that make Girl Scout cookies. And depending on what part of the country you're in, the names are different, and the recipes are actually a little bit different to suit the tastes of that region. So Thin Mints are not called Thin Mints well, somewhere thin, else? So Thin Mints are Thin Mints. Caramel Delight. So, but they are, there are two different recipes Yeah. Um, on the Thin Mints. So in one area, they're crunchier with more mint. And in a different area... It's. They say that it has a richer, smoother chocolate coating and a peppermint taste to it. Which one are we in? I don't. I think we're in the first one. I don't know. I the, think so. Too. I don't feel peppermint. And as, as a matter of fact, just since you're, I bought my first two boxes this past weekend. Okay. Uh, What'd you get? Thin mints and uh, the caramel delights. Okay. And uh, usually I would get all thin mints, but the little girls. We were in Town East Mall in Wichita this past weekend. I didn't tell y'all what I did this past weekend and when we were talking earlier, but I went and watched Gentry dance. One dance. One dance. We left at 11 o'clock in the morning. We got home at 9.30 on Saturday. Spent the entire day setting. But I did get to at least run over to Town East Mall so Lisa could get herself a new shirt. But the little girl selling the Thin Mints, I mean selling, I asked the little girl, I said, well, what do I look like I uh, would eat? And she said, Thin mints. Yeah. And so, that's I walked, safe, so I walked over towards it, and the other little girl says, two salesmen, she says, What do you, well, you want to buy Girl Scout cookies? And I said, Well, what do you think I would eat? And, sh and I thought, If she says thin mints, then I'll just get two boxes. And she said, Caramel delight. So the other little girl thought I was not so thin. <laughs> so anyway, so I got one of each. So um, I, was, I was looking, I did have it written down here. So we get ABC Bakers. That's one of the companies. So we do, we have the, the uh, crunchier, more mint cookies. Um, apparently, the other company is called Little Brownie Bakers, and they're the ones that have the more peppermint-tasting mint. So, hey, anybody out there listening wants to send mm. us a, a box of, yeah, of the peppermint-tasting ones that would say they're from Little Brownie Bakers, we'd be happy to do a, a live taste test of, of the two to see which one we like better. So your Thin Mint's your favorite. Do you buy oh, yeah. other brands? Oh, absolutely. Other, yeah. So the other one that I really like is the uh, the – the peanut butter patties, the peanut yep. butter cookies with the chocolate. So on those, they're called tagalongs in certain areas. We call them peanut butter patties here, but they're tagalongs in other areas. The tagalongs have more layers of peanut butter inside the cookie than than what we're used to with with the peanut butter patties. So the, they have the peanut butter sandwich. I'm not a big fan of those. It's just the cookie with the peanut butter. So we call them peanut butter sandwiches here. They're called dosi dos in certain areas. Um, <laughs> Here we get a, a peanut butter sandwich that's more crisp and crunchy and less peanut butter taste than the dosi -si dos. So that's mm. that's a big difference there. 
Um, the shortbread cookies, not a, I like shortbread, but if I'm buying Girl Scout cookies, I'm not buying shortbread cookies. But same deal. One of them is kind of sweeter with a vanilla taste. And in some areas they're called, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, trefoils or trefoils. I'm not sure how to say that. They're a little more buttery, supposedly. You mentioned the Caramel Delights, and I've actually, I had heard this before. They're called Samoas or Samoas or Samosa. I think Samoas is what they're called. But uh, the, the, the Samoas have a heavier caramel layer and darker chocolate and more coconut. Did you know I, I ran into a deal, found out about these Girl Scouts. They could be the number one sellers in the country of Girl Scout cookies. Po- possibly will be the all-time leading seller. Are they set up outside of pot shops? Set right outside of the <laughs> yeah, pot shop. I saw that, too. That's a, that's a heck of an idea somebody <laughs> had there. So uh, just to finish this up, the, the so lemonades or the shortbread with the lemon coating, lemon icing on one side. In some areas, they're called Savannah Smiles, and these are actually completely different. They're more of a crisp lemon cookie with, like, a powdered sugar on top. And what do they call them here? I, I like those. I think we just call them lemonades here. And, and they're called Savannah Smiles. And Any other of you areas. parents that have a Girl Scout, post on our Facebook because I would buy more. I bought <laughs> these in Wichita. I'd like to buy some local because we, we actually, I brought them home. Lisa set out the Caramel Delights on our, just on our little breakfast uh, set up in the morning, little buffet on Sunday morning. Yep. Before I got into the room, they were gone. So I said, who in the world ate all the cookies? And then I had stuck, like you said, I stuck the Thin Mints in the freezer and, oh, and they're so wrapped good. in two different ones, two yep. different packages. One whole package was gone by – so I, I hardly got any cookies. Yep. So any parent that has a kid that's a Girl Scout, uh, comment on our Facebook, the Kevin and Philip so, page. So there's there's certain times that I'll have a beer, and it just – you know, it's usually in the summertime around the pool, but I'll, you open that first beer, and next thing you know, that the, the beer's gone. Like, is there a hole in the bottom of my can? I'm the same way with, with Thin Mints. Like, so as I've talked about, I've been, and I still am working out. So even though it wasn't a New Year's resolution, going on about three months, I'm down you about 10 pounds, a um, lot stronger. I probably in, I'm, I'm probably in better shape than I've been in a long time. But so last night, I'm like, is, it was kind of a cheat weekend for me, but I had some, some Thin Mints. And I opened that foil pack, and with the best of intentions, I was going to eat five or six of them next thing i know i'm two-thirds of the way through that darn package before i finally put them away and usually i go through the whole thing i'll sit down and say i'm gonna eat half of one of these yeah and next thing i know the whole dang thing's gone and i'm sitting there with zero cookies left and i ate that whole half of a box so <laughs> well that uh that brings us up to about uh Almost an hour. We got a few minutes left. Philip, any any parting words or anything you want to say uh, before we sign off? Nothing today? of wisdom. I do, would like to be able to name this little dog that I've got. Uh, you know, it's, give us we, some ideas we, out we, there. We, we go around and we've I've called it. The kids said Oki. One one name it Oki. One of them wanted to name it Rocky. I said, well, I I love the uh, New York Yankees, and it's uh, you know it's opening day. The Astros are getting abused by everybody. Oh yeah, we'll oh, talk about that one here in a couple weeks. It's just horrible. What the, I mean, they are getting literally abused yeah. by, and especially the Dodgers. Like the Dodgers were going to beat them anyway. That's a joke. <laughs> Astros, uh, they might cheat a little, but they were the best team. But anyway, in the end, um, we I said, well, I, you know, I've I've heard a lot of people famous dog name us like a sport is Jeter. Of course, yep. I don't want to call him Jeter anymore. He's not a Yankee. So I said, let's call him Judge. And the kids said, well, let's just call him Bronx since Yankee Stadium's in the Bronx. So 
Here I've got that selection of names, but nothing is stuck yet. More names. More names. Somebody throw some more. I just keep saying puppy. Hey, puppy, come here. Quit pissing in the floor, puppy. <laughs> hey, how's that work for you? Oh, it's not good. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my wrap-up. I'd All like right. to see a few comments on our Facebook page. I see a lot of views, but not very many people are bold enough to comment. Yeah, so. well, sometimes I might have forgot to post one or two, and now I'm thinking about it because it's uh, the way people do it. I have to go share it, and, and I forget that sometimes if I get the notification while I'm doing something. So I'll go check that tomorrow, but... You know, the last thing I wanted to say is, is uh, yeah, we so we hit over a thousand downloads a couple weeks ago. Um, so, so we've had That's over good. a thousand uh, podcasts that have been played and listened to. So, we we want those Thank numbers you. to keep growing. We uh, potentially have a, a sponsor we're working on, so we might have some some updates and some things here in a couple weeks uh, on that. But uh, the biggest thing, uh, I mention this all the time, you know, we, we enjoy doing this. We sit here and start talking. Next thing we know, an hour is gone. We're having a blast doing this. Uh, I say this every, every podcast, but, but we're doing this uh, not only for us to have fun, but uh, for you guys to, to get an insight into what we do and, and have some fun listening to us and, and hopefully join in. So, you know, I had a, a good friend of mine come up to me, and I've had, actually had three or four people that have done this, but I had a, a good friend of mine this weekend come up to me and say, you know, I've, I've gotten through all your podcasts now. Great job. Keep it up. He goes, you know, I know podcasts have been around for a long time, but I've never really listened to podcasts before uh-huh. until yours. Obviously, he was interested because of our friendship. Um, but he's like, now I listen to podcasts all the times. I, I, I've got all kinds of podcasts I listen to. Joe Rogan's a real popular one, but yeah. sometimes you got to have four or five hours to listen to his. This can go a little bit long. But, uh, you know, that, and I was in the same boat. I remember when I first started listening, to, I listened to one or two podcasts. And now I think we mentioned this two weeks ago. That's all I listen to when I travel for the most part, when, especially when I'm by myself. Um, when I'm doing yard work and stuff like that, I used to listen to music on Spotify. Now I listen to podcasts. I mean, there's so much information out there. So, um, if, if, if you guys will, are enjoying this, if you, if you'll just share it with one person, say, Hey, check this out. They may not continue listening to us, but they might find other podcasts they're listening to too. So, but I, I just ask everybody that I run into, if you're enjoying what you're hearing and, and like to listen to us, just just tell one friend or one person about us and have them, uh, you know, show them how to subscribe to it if they need help. But listen, uh, have them listen to it, and uh, that'll help us out greatly to, to keep doing some things. And, and to bring up a topic, uh, if you bring up a topic for us to discuss, I, I oh, was talking absolutely. to, there's a man that's out at Great Life's son, works at the radio station over in Lawrence, maybe, or Topeka. Topeka, yep. Trent LeBron's yep. son. And he was telling me he does four hours a day, five days a week. And I said, I can't imagine how you yep. could. Now he does take, it's a call-in show, right. radio show. But I said, four hours a day. And he said, what are you guys doing? I said, about an hour twice a month. <laughs> yeah. And I said, nothing like yeah. what he's doing. Nope. And I'll say, but, and I still am sp- fishing for more topics sometimes. Like, what's a what's a good topic? And, or what do people want to listen to us and maybe talk about and, and add their own two cents in? So we'd yep. love to have people throw topics out there yep help us out tell us what you want to listen to so yeah if you could if you could help us and and share that with a friend uh, be grateful for that yeah like i said we might have a sponsor here coming up pretty soon 
Um, the other the other thing I was going to mention is I think we might uh, this isn't in stone yet. I'm still working on some details, but I think our next podcast we might be uh, taking the show on the road and recording from a remote location Woo-ha! for the first time. So uh, be looking at our Facebook page, and once I get that nailed down, if that's something we're going to move forward with, we'll uh, let everybody know what the plan is. So. Uh, give us a shout if there's anything you want to talk about or want us to talk about or uh, you know like I said if you could just help us out by sharing somebody we'd appreciate it thanks for listening and we'll catch you again here in a couple weeks thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast if you would like more information about our podcast guests and to join in on the discussion please visit our Facebook page www.facebook.com slash Kevin Philip Project If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.